You're listening to City Beat, the weekly podcast from online daily urbanmilwaukee.com. I'm your host, Jeremy Janine. Today we will be joined by Harbor District Planning Director Dan Adams. What's the Harbor District? What does a planning director do? What's Dan's favorite restaurant? We'll talk about all of that and more. Don't touch that dial, close that app, or hit the mute button. We'll be right back. Dan Adams, welcome to City Beat. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Now, before we go too far, tell us exactly what is the Harbor District? So the Harbor District, well, the place itself is really the Milwaukee River Estuary. It's where our three rivers here, the Milwaukee, Menominee, and Kinnikinnick, come together and flow into Lake Michigan. Historically, it's Milwaukee's industrial waterfront, kind of stretching from the Milwaukee River on the north to Bay Street on the south and kind of everything east of First Street, including Jones Island. We The Harbor District overlaps with the Walkers Point neighborhood, and it's bordered by the Third Ward, Walkers Point, Historic Mitchell Street, Lincoln Village, and the Bayview neighborhoods as well. And altogether, it includes about nine miles of waterfront, which is kind of hard to believe, but there's a lot of zigs and zags through there in the different waterways. And it's all told probably uh, just under about 1,000 acres in total area. So it's a big chunk of the city. So that's the Harbor District, the place. Uh, and then there's Harbor District, the organization, which is who I work for. Um, and so we are a nonprofit organization that's been around since uh, early 2015, and we are working to achieve a world-class revitalization of Milwaukee's harbor that sets the standard for how waterfronts work for the next century. And we're a small organization. We have four staff. There's my executive director, Lil Fowler, our water project manager, Lindsay Frost, community outreach manager, Tony Hedon, and then myself. So that's the place. That's the Harbor District, and I can go into more detail on that if you're curious. And then the organization, the nonprofit that's been working on revitalization efforts uh, down here for the last several years. Well, let's talk a bit about funding. Where does the money come from for the nonprofit Harbor District? So the nonprofit organization is primarily funded through uh, philanthropic organizations and foundations, although we did get some of our start at the beginning, um, and we do receive some grants from uh, government sources, including a fairly sizable grant at the outset to help get our planning process, which I'll talk about in a bit, our water and land use planning process underway and moving forward. And that was a grant from the EPA to do what's called the Area Brownfield Brownfield Area-Wide Planning. And that was in partnership with the City of Milwaukee, uh, the Department of City Development in Rackham. We worked together with them to secure that grant and use it to kind of fund a lot of the planning at the early outset. But otherwise, we're funded by a number of organizations, uh, philanthropic organizations, uh, mostly here locally, but um, some others outside the area as well. And how does the port factor into the Harbor District? It's right there, but it's a city-owned entity. That is a question we get a lot, and it's a good point of clarification. So the Harbor District, Harbor District Inc., the organization I work for, is a separate private nonprofit, 501c3 nonprofit organization. We're commonly confused with the Harbor Commission, uh, which is the board uh, that oversees the Port Milwaukee's operations. And as you stated, the Port Milwaukee is an entity of the city of Milwaukee. Um, so it's a bit different than in some other communities where the port, you might have a port authority that's kind of its own independent body. Port Milwaukee is an entity of the city of Milwaukee. And so the board of harbor commissioners are all members uh, appointed by the mayor of Milwaukee um, to those positions. And so we work closely with them on a number of projects and most of their property, which is primarily Jones Island, but they do uh, own a lot of other property going north up to the Art Museum and south down to the Coast Guard, as well as some properties on the west side of the uh, 
district. But it was, uh, they are mostly encompassed within the Harvard District boundary. But we work closely with them on a lot of different uh, initiatives and projects that we're working on. And you've been with the Harbor District since it started in 2015, or almost since it started, but how did you get into that role? <laughs> That's a good question. So, um, you know, our executive director, Lil Fowler, did, uh, I don't know how long, it's say a, a year's worth of kind of legwork at the outset before I came on board to kind of get the board together and get the organization up and running. And then I think we got our nonprofit status around the time I started in, I believe it was May 2015, and I'd previously been working for a fantastic organization here on the south side of Milwaukee, Lane Boulevard, West Neighbors, doing community development work in the Silver City, Burnham Park, and Lane Park neighborhoods. And um, I had heard from talking to a number of other people that this initiative was kind of getting underway. And uh, through conversations, I found they were looking for their first employee and uh, just kind of worked my way into those conversations out of curiosity. I grew up not far away um, in St. Francis on the near south side here. And as a kid, spent a lot of time in the area. My dad taught at Tech High School, so I know the area pretty well. And I was very interested in its uh, future potential and kind of redevelopment. Um, so to be involved, I, I feel very fortunate and very lucky to be in this position. And what do you do in your role as the planning director? <laughs> For anyone who uh, works at a small nonprofit, they know that's a really tough question. What do you do? A variety of things. So my background is urban planning. So the first kind of really big project I undertook here was managing in partnership with the City of Milwaukee Department of City Development, managing our Harbor District Water and Land Use Planning Process, which is a two-year-long planning process to really set the vision for what is the future of this place. Um, and I'll get into that in a little bit more. But, uh, you know, any small nonprofit, you're working on a, many, many different things from day to day. So uh, some other initiatives I've been managing uh, – the uh, development and now construction of our first waterfront park, which is Harborview Plaza, which is under construction right now at the East End of Greenfield Avenue. Uh, I'll talk about that in a bit. Again, in partnership with DCD over the last year, we worked on getting Harbor District Riverwalk Overlay Zone passed by the Common Council, which was a huge step for us and a huge part of our water and land use plan. So we're very excited that that's uh, on the books now. And then I've also been, uh, over the last uh, 6 to 12 months, kind of taking on more management of the Harbor District Business Improvement District, so bid number 51, which is the city's newest bid district, which has been around for two and a half, three years now. And so they're really getting their feet under them and starting to work on some projects, and so I've been helping manage that and work with them. Um, so those are some of the bigger things, and obviously there's you know small day-to-day -day stuff. So it's a mix of things, a little here, a little there. A lot of time spent meeting with business owners, property owners, nearby residents, you know, other partner organizations, stakeholders, some grant writing, a lot of outreach, uh, a lot of project management, stuff like that. Well, let's let's Very jump exciting back. Exciting workplace for sure. <laughs> let's jump back to that water and land use plan that came out in late 2017, or at least that's when Urban Milwaukee first reported on it. How does that document govern what's happening today? What's in that document? What is it? The city has lots of land use plans, but this is the first time I've heard the word water used. Yeah, um, thank you for that pitch, because it is the first of the city's area plans to uh, include the term water in it. Um, and that was key from the beginning, because that is such an identifying feature of the Harbor District, is that water plays a central role in, in this place. And so that was important from the outset that that played a role in our planning process as well. So the wallop, as we call it, the Water and Land Use Plan, um, as I mentioned earlier, was a two-year public planning process. We had over 2,000 touch points with community members and stakeholders, um, you know, doing interviews, focus groups, public meetings, online surveys. We did free tours of the district to get people out into the district because we found a big problem was people didn't really know much about it or exactly where it is or what was going on. So we found if we got people into spaces, it was a lot easier to have discussions, substantive discussions about the future of the place. 
And so at the end of that two years, um, the resulting document, which is in total about 175 pages, although we do have a much shorter 35-ish or so page summary, you can see on our website at harborddistrict.org. But that plan was adopted by the City of Milwaukee Common Council um, actually exactly about a year ago, last February, February 2018. And so what that is, is it's a new area plan for the city. So the city of Milwaukee is so large that our comprehensive plan is actually just a series of smaller area plans that cover every inch of the city. So wherever you live in the city of Milwaukee, there is a city of Milwaukee area plan that kind of, uh, you know, looks at future vision for that area, land makes land use recommendations, usually has a collection of catalytic projects, so bigger things that could happen to kind of push forth uh, recommendations in the area or to um, change the districts that uh, they refer to. And so our plan is exactly that. It's a new area plan for the city of Milwaukee. We carved out pieces of the near south side plan and the southeast side plan um, to create this new area. And uh, there's a lot in the plan. It has a lot of the same elements you would find in area, some other area plans, so, you know, general land use recommendations, catalytic projects. But there's a lot of new things in this area plan that are that haven't been done in other um, area plans for the city of Milwaukee. Uh, there's a lot of recommendations for new parks and public spaces, a lot of recommendations about how to get people down to the water. There's an entire section on sustainability recommendations with a focus on stormwater management and proper water stewardship, because if we are the place where all of our rivers come together and flow into the lake, it's very important that we are good stewards of the water, and we kind of lead by example here with um, uh, different activities that are going on. Uh, we actually have a chapter on equity and affordability in the plan, which is something very new for a city of Milwaukee uh, area plans. Um, as this area transitions, there's, uh, you know, the, the strong potential for um, – issues related to gentrification and displacement, not just in the Harbor District, but in the surrounding neighborhoods. So it was important that we acknowledge that. And we did make some kind of high-level recommendations or goals we'd like to see happen in the future, and then have worked with the city subsequently to see what actions we can actually put into place to work towards some of those goals. And then there's a collection of catalytic projects. Actually, there's four of them. Uh, first main one is about improving the waterfront experience. So the waterfront in the Harbor District has been off limits to the public for the last 100-plus years of Milwaukee history, um, just because it was the industrial and shipping center for our city. And so we want to reconnect the community back to the waterfront in the district so they can actually uh, explore and experience the waterways, the Kinnikinnick River, the Inner Harbor, places like that. So there's a lot of recommendations there around waterfront public spaces, canoe and kayak launches, things like that. Uh, second catalytic projects, the redevelopment of the East Greenfield Avenue area, which is underway right now. So if you've ever driven all the way to the east end of Greenfield Avenue, you know there's a lot of vacant, contaminated land down there across the street from the UWM School of Freshwater Sciences. Uh, the third one is the redevelopment of the Grand Trunk and the Grand Trunk Wetland Site, which is a port-owned, city-owned property on the south end of the district on the edge of Bayview. Uh, and then the last catalytic projects around improving access and circulation through the area, which is just been a challenge as it's you know historically been used for moving trucks and big equipment through and things like that and so kind of um, bridging the divides from the community and the district here to the east um, so that's it really sets the high level vision for what we want this place to be for the next several decades and even looking at 50 75 100 years in the future and it serves as the guide as city leaders and policymakers kind of make decisions in the future about what will happen in this place they kind of always check back against the area plan to see does it fit with the plan that you know people set forth um, when we went through all the effort of two plus years working with the community to put together this vision so that's really the role that the water and land use plan plays as we move forward it serves as our guide for the work we're doing and the policy decisions people are making 
Well, let's talk a bit about the project that was perhaps the most shovel-ready out of the whole water and land use plan, the park being built at the east end of Greenfield Avenue. Can you tell us more about that? What's happening? When's it going to happen? Yeah. So the park at the east end of Greenfield Avenue um, is called Harborview Plaza. It really came out of right in the middle of the planning process. It became very clear that one of the highest priorities for the community, especially the residents and the surrounding neighborhoods, was a strong need for public green space, in particular green space with access to the waterfront. Because there, if you remember, I said there was nine miles of waterfront in the Harbor District. Up until now, not actually, there's only one place in that nine miles where the public could get to the water's edge, and that's the uh, county-owned boat launch on uh, Bruce and Water Street on the north end of the Harbor District, uh, where we overlap with Walker's Point. And so we decided in the planning process that, you know, a lot of these recommendations that were coming in the plan were things that could take years or even decades to come to fruition just because of the size and cost and difficulty of uh, kind of implementing some of those. So we thought we needed to find an opportunity to connect people to the water in a much nearer term. And so we found that the end of Greenfield Avenue, was city-owned right away, and when the city was rebuilt a few years ago, they shortened the street, so there was a little space there. And so we worked with the city, and um, they uh, worked with us to put together a design competition for teams to compete to design a new park space at the end of the street there. And so uh, we went through that competition over two years ago now. We had over 1,300 people from the community vote online for the favorite design. I believe there was five uh, teams competing for that. And the winning design that was selected was uh, designed by uh, Ayers Associates and uh, Quorum Architects, um, a joint team there. And uh, we've been refining that design and going through bidding and things like that. And so in September, we actually broke ground on that um, plaza at the end of Greenfield Avenue. Uh, we worked some through the fall. And Mother Nature wasn't too kind to us this last construction season, so we're a little bit behind schedule. But we plan on finishing up construction this spring and maybe into early summer um, with a tentative groundbreaking sometime for mid-June. Uh, so everyone should stay tuned for that. Follow us That's on social gr- media or on our website to see when we actually nail that down. And this would be a really exciting development because it's a $1.5 million park, and the largest donor being Rockwell Automation a few blocks away, and the Brico Fund as well, uh, providing a lot of support to that project. And it's going to include the first canoe-kayak launch in the area, uh, it's going to have water features, a water play area for kids, and a play structure built out of a used shipping container. Since we're in the port down here, we thought that would fit well. And they're actually going to tip that shipping container on its end to kind of create a tower so kids will be able to climb up on top and get a view of the area. And it really provides the best vantage point to watch the ships that are coming into the harbor. Is A lot of them dock right across the waterway at the city's heavy lift dock and some of the other docks over there. Uh, and actually, if you come down there right now, although I don't advise it today with all the snow, but <laughs> once the streets are a little cleaner and safer, uh, head down there and you'll see the Stuart J. Court, one of the uh, 10 or 12 or so thousand foot ships on the Great Lakes is docked right across the spot from the uh, where the park is uh, going to be finished up this spring. So we're very, very excited about that project. You mentioned a groundbreaking in June. Is that a groundbreaking or a ribbon cutting at that point? I apologize. Ribbon cutting, grand opening. Yeah, no, we had a groundbreaking back in September. I apologize. So, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have a large public uh, grand opening, uh, or ribbon cutting for the uh, plaza. And is it going to coincide with the Harbor District Festival, or are we going to have multiple events on Greenfield no. Avenue this year? Good question. Uh, so, Harbor Fest actually is in the fall, um, and actually we already have the date set for this year. It's September 8th, and so we're very excited about that. 
So mark your calendars for September 8th. Um, Harbor Fest does take place on Greenfield Avenue, right in front of where Harborview Plaza is going to be. So we're looking forward to incorporating the plaza into festivities this year. And it's, you know, it's a Milwaukee street festival, but it's uh, with a very much a water and harbor-focused uh, kind of bend to it. Uh, it's very family-friendly, family a lot of activities for kids. Um, we do free tours on boat out of the harbor, you know, fishing lessons. The Milwaukee Boat Parade comes by. Um, it's really a good time. But one other thing I want to add in that we're uh, going to do this year and our ribbon cutting will probably coincide with is while Harbor Fest is fantastic, it's just one day out of the year, and we wanted to bring give people more opportunities to come down to the Harbor District and see what was going on. And so we're developing a program this year that we're calling Play Streets, which essentially is, uh, we haven't set the dates yet, but we're probably going to do one Sunday each month throughout the summer. We're going to block off Greenfield Avenue on the east end there and do kind of a mini street festival and allow people to come in and use the street how they want. You know, kids could bring their bikes or roller skates or roller blades. Uh, we're going to have uh, programming in partnership with a number of community partners there to uh, do, you know, maybe bike tours or kayak lessons or um, all sorts of things. So I'd say stay tuned on that, uh, but watch for our community play streets events uh, one Sunday each summer or each month this summer uh, down at the East End of Greenfield Avenue. And when you say the east end of Greenfield Avenue, you're talking east of First Street, so when you get to Rockwell Automation, right? East of First Street, which I realize is, uh, you know, pretty far. A lot of people haven't gone all the way down there. But if you go under the um, uh, the railroad viaduct that goes there, which has a new, uh, relatively new mural on it by local artist Nova Zarnecki on the Business Improvement District, uh, Bid 51 helped support that along with Harbor District, and that was put up uh, two years ago now. Um, so if you see the Harbor District mural with the birds and the fish and it says Harbor District, you go on the right way. You go under the bridge and go east all the way to the end of the street, and on your left-hand side to the north will be the UWM School of Freshwater Sciences, and the right-hand side to the south will be the site of uh, the former Solvay Coke uh, site and the current uh, proposed Komatsu development over there. Well, let's talk a bit about what's coming to the Harbor District. Perfect segue. We have the Michaels mm-hmm. Development, River 1. Uh, we haven't hit on that at all yet. That's a bit further in on the Kinnikinnick River. We have the Kumatsu deal that you just hit on that's coming to East Greenfield Avenue. We have the new park, and then we have Freshwater Plaza, and there's a lot of activity happening there. It's not directly on the water, but it kind of serves as a gateway being at that first and Greenfield intersection. First and Greenfield intersection. How do all these things connect? Good question. So we have had a lot of uh, activity, especially in the last 6 to 12 months here. So I'll start, I'll give you a little bit of detail on each of them, and then I'll kind of, you know, connect them to the bigger picture. So starting on the south end of the district, at the uh, for those of you who remember where the uh, former Horny Goat Brewery site was on the Kinnikinnick uh, River down there on First and Beecher, um, just a few weeks ago, the Michaels Corporation broke ground on a $100 million development down there. They call it the River One, as you mentioned, Jeremy. Um, so that's going to be a mixed-use development. The first phase includes an eight-story office building right on the uh, Kinnikinnick River that's going to house the uh, Michaels Corporation. Is going to be the main anchor tenant there, which I believe last I heard they were going to have um, over 200 of their employees uh, working in that site there. Um, as the, that uh, project progresses, I think believe there's going to be two more office buildings and then a large residential building with retail on the first floor, and a 1,000 parking spaces underneath the entire site. Um, and then the retail on the first floor of the residential building is going to spill onto or into a bar restaurant on the Riverwalk. And so the Michaels development will be the first section of public Riverwalk built out in the Harbor District. So we're very excited about that component. So I mentioned briefly earlier that we'd gotten the Riverwalk overlay zone put in 
adopted by the Common Council a few months ago. And what that essentially does is says that any property along the western shore of the Harbor District, so between the north end of Walker's Point, all the way along Kinnikinnick River up to Lincoln Avenue, and then back up the other side of the river, all the way up to, for those who are familiar with uh, Barnacle Bugs, that'll roughly be the end of the river walk. And so what that overlay zone says is that as properties redevelop uh, in the future, they will be required to put in a public river walk section at their water's edge. And so this Michaels development uh, down in Furston Beecher will be the first section of that built out. So we're very excited about that. Moving downstream a bit down the Kinnikinnick River to uh, near our offices here at the UWM School of Freshwater Sciences, right across the street from us on Greenfield Avenue is the former Solvay Coke and Gas Company site, which is a large 46-acre site. And then next to it is a 13-acre site owned by the city of Milwaukee. It uh, used to be the coal pile for the uh, Menominee Valley power plant. So altogether, it's 60 acres that is proposed for the new Komatsu development, which is being billed as the largest urban manufacturing investment uh, in the country, at least in recent memory, a $285 million development um, that's going to include a 410,000-square-foot manufacturing facility in the middle of the site and then a roughly 200,000-square-foot uh, office facility uh, along Greenfield Avenue, mirroring kind of right across the street from the UWM School of Freshwater Sciences uh, and that office campus will include, uh, obviously, office space, but also uh, a museum and a bit of a training center for the Komatsu Mining Corporation as well. So that's very exciting. And they're, uh, initially, when they get in there, um, they're talking about 600 employees. Those will be their employees coming from their West Milwaukee facility down there. Um, and then over a decade or so, ramping up to 1,000-plus employees over time at that site. And so that's a site that's been vacant and contaminated for since the early 80s has been empty, so that'll be a big shot of energy to the district. Um, and that site right now is currently being cleaned up by We Energies, who's the current uh, owner of the site. Um, latest I've heard from them is they're expecting to complete cleanup of the site uh, either end of 2019 or early 2020 to hand the property over to Komatsu uh, at that point. So that's a very, very exciting development. There's a number of other uh, developments going on in the District on the north end of the district, where we kind of overlap with Walker's Point, right across the river from the Third Ward. The Mandel Group has acquired a number of parcels, both along the riverfront there and then across uh, Water Street uh, and Florida, if, you, if people know that intersection. And uh, I think about two years ago now, they had uh, proposed a roughly $130 million development, primarily commercial office use, but also uh, potentially some retail and some housing in there as well. And uh, they've closed on several of those properties just in the last few months. And so we'll be watching to see where uh, that development goes next as well. So just those three developments alone, you know, total over half a billion dollars in new development in the Harbor District. Um, and so things are <laughs> moving pretty quickly, and there's a lot of activity down here. Uh, so a lot of excitement, but also a lot of work on our end to um, make sure that all these developments are kind of feeding into that larger, larger vision for the district and the uh, water and land use plan and some larger kind of community goals for the area. And so one of the key things that came out of the water and land use plan is that people wanted to see a mix of uses down here, and in particular uses that are job-creating uses. So, for example, the Komatsu development uh, obviously fits that very well with a large manufacturing footprint, but then also, uh, you know, the commercial office campus. And so there will be a variety of types of jobs down here, lots of new employment opportunities. Um, lots of new employment opportunities with the Michaels development as well, but then also new places for people to live, As uh, especially on the edge where we overlap with the Walker's Point neighborhood. There's a number of developments being proposed or underway for new housing or recently completed. Um, 
such as in the Freshwater Plaza, as you mentioned earlier, which first in Greenfield really is a gateway into the Harbor District there. So Freshwater Plaza was, that first phase was a $46 million development that included apartments, retail, and the first grocery store for the area from Cermak. If anybody hasn't been down to Cermak, go check it out. It's a great grocery store, but also a really good lunch spot. I eat lunch there pretty frequently. Um, so a lot of development, and it all fits into this greater vision of kind of reactivating unused or contaminated or vacant spaces of the district, bringing in job-creating uses, and then keeping that mix of uses. So it's not just one type of thing coming into the district, uh, but we're maintaining that kind of uh, unique mix and blend of uses across the Harbor District. All right. Well, I'll let you out of here, Dan, with one question. It doesn't have to necessarily be in the Harbor District, but a softball to get you out of here. Your favorite Milwaukee restaurant? I, I find it hard that you describe the question as a softball. That is a tough one. I'm going to use it right now, too. So I, I, I'm i a food guy. I love eating, and I love going out to eat. So I have a favorite in all, every different category and genre of food. But right now I think I'm going to put a plug in for, because it is February, and I've been three times in the last week alone, um, I encourage everyone to go out for February in Silver City on 35th and National. Uh, you got three restaurants there, Thai Barbecue, VNT, and Noodle Shop and uh, bamboo uh, and get some Vietnamese pho soup, especially with the weather we're having right now. This time of year, that's probably one of those is my favorite uh, restaurant. You get that hot bowl of noodle broth. It really makes you, uh, warms you up and helps you deal with the weather much easier. All right. Well, Dan Adams, Planning Director for the Harbor District, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another installment of City Beat from UrbanMilwaukee.com. This show was recorded live at Riverwest Radio, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We'll see you next week.